there's only one snack that can make me feel like I'm having the true movie theater experience, and that's popcorn. When my mom and I hang in for a girl's night, we have to get our fix, and that's where Kelly's Killer Popcorn comes in. They're a small batch gourmet popcorn company, and believe me, one bite and you'll be hooked. Made in Austin, Texas, this family-owned business has tons of flavors. My mom loves their salted agave caramel, while I have a hard time picking between black pepper or dill pickle. Hmm, maybe I'll just mix the bags together. Oh, and when my dad and brother crash our girls' night, you know that spicy nacho popcorn is coming out. Every flavor is popped in 100% real butter and is whole grain and gluten-free. Which flavor will you be choosing? Head on over to kellyskillerpopcorn.com to indulge yourself in some scary good gourmet popcorn. And make sure to tag them on Instagram at kellyskillerpopcorn so that they can see what movie you're pairing with their flavors. That's kellyskillerpopcorn.com for American-made, small-batch, delicious popcorn. This is The Gala Show. I'm your reporter on the beat, Gala Avery. On this episode, you may know my guest as the head photographer for the Venice Ball League, which means he shot for NBA players such as Marcus Smart, Justice Winslow, and Montrezl Harrell. His other clients include the Panda Express Uprisers collaboration, Red Bull, and Ford Models. He's taken some of my favorite photographs of celebrities, including Kid Inc., Vanilla Ice, Jaime Jaquez Jr., Pilo, and Justin Bieber. He even took my photograph for my Aero Selects Volume 2 series, and currently he's a photographer in residence with Boat and Bridge. But here on The Gala Show, I know him as my favorite person to have a cheese sesh with, Ryan David Seekins, better known in the photography world as David. Hey, David. Hey, Gala. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm good after that intro. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little blushing right now. I can't lie. I told you not to blush before we started. <laughs> it's hot in here. <laughs> So before we bring up the topic for today, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. So I know that you shoot both video, digital, and film for your clients. But if a client called you right now, like literally right now in the middle of our chat, and asked you to shoot with a specific format, it could literally be anything, not even something in your kit. What would your dream scenario be? Who is the client and what do they want you to do? Oh, that's a tough one, but I, I thought, I can't lie. I've daydreamed about this many times. <laughs> Who are you daydreaming about? I daydream about everything <laughs> and anything. Um, you know, I think one format I've really wanted to try is medium format. Mm-hmm. Like medium format film just looks so smooth and, and the textures are so great. Like mm-hmm. I think medium format film for like a magazine cover. Like if I could shoot Vogue on like medium format. Who's on the cover? Oh, um, I would love to do, oh, it would have to be like some cultural icon. Mm -hmm. Like I would love to do maybe like a music special edition where it's like Alicia Keys on medium format. Oh, Oh, she's so, and she's so naturally beautiful. That's what I'm saying. She would look so beautiful on film. Oh, we wouldn't have to do much in the makeup room. She has great style. Her energy would be cool. Like honestly, even just during the shoot, I feel like it would be a blast. Okay, so Alicia Keys for Vogue with medium format film. Absolutely. I don't know the type of stock of film because I'm not too... Verse and medium? Yeah, like I want to, you know, I could be basic and say portrait, but I mean, at the end of the day, just shooting with a you're medium format... You're not basic. You're not basic. No, I know no, that. No. I might be basic and choose portrait, but you're not. <laughs> I mean, I'm still buying Fuji 400 at CVS okay, sometimes. Well, CG... so. Fuji 400 is good. 
I it, like Fuji. It's also only ten dollars a roll, so I'm, I can. So it's good. <laughs> it's good enough for me. I mean, all of all of the stuff that I put in my um, like portable, just you know, camera. It's half the time it's Fuji four hundred or something cheap like that. I will really only use like Portra or like a nicer stock when you know it's like an in studio shoot or I actually take the time and sit at you know my film shop and be like, oh well, what's what's this one like and ponder for ten minutes. Ponder, yeah. I mean. Or we're lucky enough to have Poppy 250D Oh at our my gosh. Shout out to whoever made that. Shout you, out to Cameron. Cameron Gallup put me on and I have I just foam at the mouth every time she pulls it out. He's gonna he's gonna make more of it soon. Oh thank so, god. So thank God. It's not gonna be like my rolls I find in a drawer somewhere <laughs> that I'm like pulling out and handing out to people like, Hey guys, I found oh my god, I'm like an addict. I found another you roll have like of film. secret group chats like listen guys, the drop is here. I got three of them, like first come, first serve. <laughs> Maybe in, in the, the parking alleyway. lot at 10. <laughs> Maybe in the boba parking lot <laughs> during my cheese me sesh. I'm here, bro. Oh my gosh. Now, as always, my guest gets to bring their topic to the mic. David, why don't you tell us what your topic is and why you decided to choose it? So my topic today is uh, growing into a photographer or a creative. And I'm really picking that because throughout my life i was never i've never identified myself as like a creative person i've never identified myself as a photographer right as a kid i um i had a cheap little camera that you know i would pretend to vlog with and i wanted to be like fred or like oh my God. ryan hey higa guys, or, fred. yeah i want to be fred oh, like or Nia higa, yeah yeah i wanted to be like how to be a ninja or something like that and i thought that was cool but i never looked down later in life and be like oh i should pursue you know film or photography I was just, I was a basketball player. I played all day, every day until high school, you know, did, you know, I was an athlete. I eventually, when I grew up to be 5'8", and I realized I wasn't going to make the NBA, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, what suits me? And actually, uh, the sport of debate really, like, took me for a loop, and I loved that. So I got into, like, political science and politics and um so model you got UN. your degree in right or something like that similar yeah i went to school for that yeah i didn't get it but i oh, went to school close for that. enough <laughs> good enough close you know enough. i mean if we're you know tomato tomato but... exactly you know you know what you know yeah you know but like i didn't i'm not classically trained i've never taken a camera class i've never the only creative class i've ever taken is like color theory so i think for me everything has been on the job training and everything create creatively has just been since I was like 19. My dad got me a camera for Christmas and I wanted to make dumb YouTube videos with friends, but I liked it. And so I kept learning YouTube University. And, you know, four years later, I'm a full-time photographer and I have all these crazy stories I've come back with, so. But before we get into the topic, here's a quick ad break. vegetarian but that doesn't mean i can't enjoy a good spice rub my favorite place to get them is smoke bros a veteran owned and operated business that sells premium handcrafted dry rubs spice blends and seasonings guys you can even put it on your popcorn my favorites are honey badger because he doesn't give a bleep and jelly and peanut flavor topping because mm, 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 some things just taste better together the website even has recipes, so go check out smokedbros.com to support a veteran-owned and operated business and fill your cabinet with delicious flavor.
we're back. You heard it here. We're going to be talking about growing into a photographer and growing into a creative. And I also assume that it's going to bring in kind of your persona that you have in the photography world. And we're going to talk about that. I know it. Yes. So <laughs> we have 30 minutes on the clock and our time starts now. So you mentioned that you had your first camera from your dad. Yes. So I, well, my very first camera was this like Nikon point and shoot I got in like Vegas. My family went on a trip. They gave me like spending money and I wanted to buy a camera. <clears throat> so I had that for a number of years. But then when I actually bought like an interchangeable lens camera was, I think like my dad got it for Christmas. I was like, I want to make videos and have fun and take pictures at parties. And so he bought me like the Costco kit, right? Where it has. How old were you? Oh God. I was like, I was 17, 18. Okay. So you had grown up though, like with an iPhone. Yeah. I and, like grew having up... a camera in your pocket. Yeah. But I never was one to like oh, wow, this looks cool. Like I'm taking pictures of buildings. Like I'll look at people post on Instagram and they'll have these like massive collages of like their day-to-day -day life. Like I was not that. Well, it's funny. I think a lot of people think that like photographers like with iPhones and stuff are like going to be really good with an iPhone. Personally, <laughs> I say this to my friends. I'm terrible with my iPhone. I never look back yes. at an iPhone photo. You know me with an iPhone. Like mm -hmm. I'm like, woo, like what's going on here? No, I, I feel the same way, but I'm always designated. Oh, you're the photographer. Take the photo. Yeah, I'm like, photo. this it's is like, awkward. Yeah, like, I don't know how to do this. Yeah, I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> Can I just grab my camera real quick? Yeah. But um, no, yeah, it was like, it was a T6i, T7i, something like that. And he, um, you know, I got it and I told all my friends, I was like, let's make a YouTube channel. And it was the most cringy thing ever. The videos are still up. They are? They're, they're all up. What? They're horrible. You haven't told me this. <laughs> this is like what, this is why I'm here interviewing you right now to get this kind of dirt. Okay, but it's not under my name. We had like a stupid name for it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I gotta see this. They're they're bad, but they're like vlogs. They're like skit videos, stuff like that. We I was trying to do podcasts back then. I had no equipment except my mom's iMac. And I would just ended up falling like in love with that process of like, whoa, I can make a design on Canva and upload that and make a podcast. And so then I, um, I ended up leaving for college, going to San Diego Mesa to study political science um, because my basketball career wasn't going to pan out like I thought it would be. <laughs> I'm a five, eight white guy. It's not going to happen. And um, so I ended up making a really poor financial decision in the short run. And I was like, you know what? Let me spend all of the money I have saved up on like a really, really nice camera. Mm -hmm. So I bought this Sony a7 III. It like cost me two grand. And I was broke. So I couldn't use it. I couldn't buy a separate <laughs> lens for it. I was just broke. You guess people think you get a camera and you're all set. But it's really the lens oh, that absolutely. gives you like what you want. Because the kit lens is horrible. Oh my god i went on so i went on a date last night and the guy found out that i did photography and he's like oh do you have like one of those like huge lenses and i was like <laughs> he's like what lens do you have and i was like no like, that's not me i do not have a huge like sports lens like <laughs> literally like, three feet long you should have interrupted and be like no i actually have a drawer just full of film like instead of <laughs> celery and carrots it's film my film fridge which is just like my actual fridge <laughs> like my food is supposed to be in like, like the first time i ever looked in your fridge you had more film like rolls than calories in that fridge for sure it was i was impressed low-key you can go look in there right now it's probably the same it's probably like a jar of peanut butter and a bunch of film see but i aspire to be that i'd rather just shoot film than eat at this point you want to you want to raid my film fridge after this maybe okay yeah well, okay. don't tempt me okay. with a good time I, I will but uh so you had the you got the camera in college and you couldn't use it I mean, I could, like, I, I had the kit lens, and so I basically just kind of 
use that until I got a 35 to eight and I would, um, just take pictures of friends. I'd still do videos like, um, all kinds of like just different like college parties and stuff like that. And I made a separate page for it because at the time I was really into political science, but for some reason, something kept nagging at me like, Oh, get, you know, learn more in film. I was like, I wasn't reading papers and studying. Like I was, Hey, how do I edit a photo like this? How do I use Lightroom? How do I do this? That's like, honestly, that's like the higher power God, like speaking to you, like, Hey, this is the path you're supposed to be on. Oh, there's a, when we're talking about divine intervention, my entire photography career is divine intervention. That's awesome. Cause like I get, so I start my page and it's just like someone like my photography page. And I felt weird because I grew up in, I grew up in Camarillo. So it's not like this big town where it's like, Oh, you just, you know, follow your dreams and do whatever. Like you it's can, cam. it's cam. Yeah. It's Camarillo. Like, you know, I was trying to be this creative when I grew up as like a jock, you know, people are going to look at me funny. So that's when David was born. <laughs> so I wanted to your creative side. Yeah. I wanted to find a way to figure out my creative side. So David being my middle name, I was like, okay, it's not me posing as somebody else like it's just my middle name but i wanted to reinvent myself and be this person that i could be completely different but i didn't really start going by it until my f my like second year in photography um i you know it's so hard for me to tell people like oh i'm david because did you I'm gain confidence in order to introduce yourself as david like did you have to be like i am this creative person i'm confident enough to admit that to other people i think it was over time like my beginning jobs they were like you know headshots for like djs and different things like they were from my town they, they knew me as ryan already it was gonna mm -hmm. be weird for me to do that but the one it was like the singular moment that i felt confident in doing it because um, so my big break was with Jaime Jaquez Jr. He, at the time we grew up together, he was a grade younger than me. So, you know, we played basketball around each other. Um, and he calls me up, he's at UCLA uh, playing basketball and he calls me up on a Sunday morning at one in the morning and I'm in Palm Springs, like with my now ex-girlfriend mm -hmm. and she's like, who's that calling? And I'm like, I'm oh, like, Jaime Jaquez Jr. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's my friend Jaime. And she's like, look at me like I'm stupid. And so I pick up the phone and um, he's like at his friend's wedding or like friend's mom's wedding or something like that. So he's, you know, he's a little loose off the juice and he's like, what, what are you doing, bro? What, what are you doing tomorrow? And I'm like, uh, I, I don't know why. And he's like, oh, uh, I got a Drew Lee game at 10 in the morning and I heard you do photography now. Can you just hook a brother up with some photos? And I look my girlfriend dead in the eye and I'm like. I got you. And I don't know what compelled me to look the devil in the face like that. <laughs> but I agreed. And I knew she was going to be mad, but something told me, like, just do it. Well, it's it's honestly, again, it's that divine intervention thing that is like the voice inside your head that says, this is the path I'm supposed to be on. Because if you had said no in that moment, like, everything would be different. Oh, absolutely. I don't even know where I'd be, you know. And so I leave Palm Springs at five in the morning i drive back to camarillo to get my camera gear i drive back to la to this the, the drew league and he arrives like 10 minutes to spare gets me in the game and he drops like 50 points he has like the game of his life and so we and you have the photographs to prove it i have all the i took video too so the video blew <gasps> oh, up the video yeah the photo blew up i met like some photographers there they saw the work they're like oh this guy's legit how I'm old never... were you around the time i was 20 i wasn't okay. even 21 yet and so I met other photographers there. Um, 
uh, Jody and Nico, they're, they're both like my longest term, like photography friends to this day. And <laughs> they, they see the work and they're like, Oh, this guy's valid. Like I've never heard of him, you know? So they're, they're super cool with me. And Nico sends me a text. He's like, Hey man, I'm, I'm getting my master's. I have this class that I can't, that I can't miss. Can I refer you to one of my clients? And I've never met this man before. And I was like, okay, thank you, God. And it's like wow. one of the biggest basketball influencers. And then from there, I start doing work with him. He ends up putting me in a group chat with the Venice Ball League, which is where I'm like, that's my main job now. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to do that. But I, and also, by the way, so I know nothing about basketball. <laughs> um, listeners will know I interviewed Amy Nicholson and she gave me like the lowdown on basketball because she's a huge basketball fan. She's a film oh. critic. Oh, love that. And like she's a huge basketball <clears throat> fan. So she gave me like the lowdown. But I know nothing about it. But I love seeing David's pictures <laughs> of the basketball. Because they are like gladiators jumping through the air. And yeah. just the sheer beauty of the body. And it's amazing what you're able to catch. Like the motion that you're able to catch just in a still image. It's kinetic. It's I and mean, the color, it's the color of the it color. too. Because you're shooting outdoors. And they all have like great outfits on. Oh, I mean, that's one thing that I think influenced my photography. Is that the leagues that I work with, they're very eccentric. Like the colors are bright blue and yellows and everything like that and coming from a basketball player i can observe and see what moves are going to do predict it and be like oh this is going to be this is going to be cool but i mean basketball is art you know like so why basketball like why was that the sport that you got into my dad um he played in college he played like local at, at ventura college but he had been a baller his whole life oh your and, dad's a baller oh he's i mean he's 16 he's still trying to play to this day that's awesome yeah trying I mean, to play or succeeding in playing he he's got a get uninjured first oh yeah wow. he's it's one of those like his knees have broken down he's torn his achilles but he still loves sports so he's still trying to play oh i mean people will tear their bodies up trying to play basketball do you shoot hoops with your dad still i do um yeah. we still talk massive trash to each other <laughs> like we'll go to the park and he'll be like what you know about this and he'll shoot a three i'm like i was born around this and i'll you know i'll do the same thing and so that's kind of where i get my like competitive edge your trash talk, trash talk. yeah <laughs> i wanted to be nice about it but um yeah, he played, I mean, he played since he was a kid. He grew up um, in like a poor part of town. So all of his friends, like that's what they did. They came home from school, they played basketball, they went home and mm-hmm. like that was their thing. And so for me growing up, you know, my sister didn't play soccer. Like my mom is not really a sport person. So it mm-hmm. was just basketball and I fell in love with it. And that was just my obsession. It still is. I mean, I'm, I'm very You still glad. play. I see you on your Instagram story. Yeah. Like shooting hoops and playing. Like I, hours and hours. Oh, I play like four times a week. Like That's nobody amazing. really knows that I do in the vid, uh, like the videography, photography world. But like I play four times a week. I know. I, I know. Oh. I, I see it happening. Because well, you'll ask me, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to the gym. Like <laughs> I'm going to the gym for four hours to play <laughs> basketball. <laughs> I'm going to tear down my body for four hours. I'll be back. So after you did that, so you're in the Venice Ball. Mm-hmm. And are you deciding to stay in sports photography? Like, is that what you want? So I would love to be a like multi-talented photographer. I have very big commitment issues just with anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I think sticking around basketball would be a little bit tough for me. Only because like as much as I love basketball, my dream shoot is Vogue shoot. Like your dream shoot is Alicia Keys for Vogue. Uh, yeah, for in Vogue. a medium format. In a medium format. So, <laughs> I you know basketball. Unless she's playing basketball in the then, Listen, then it's game over. <laughs> I might. Sorry, Swizz, but she's mine at Go that Alicia point. Alicia Keys shooting hoops. <laughs> that would be actually a great a great shoot. If she had, we, if we train her up on her form, I don't know if she could shoot a basketball. I she, could see I that. No, cool. she might. I don't know. I don't know, Mrs. Keys. Miss Keys. 
I gotta, we gotta vet that because I can't have her throwing up something bad. <laughs> no, you have to make your client look good. That's what I'm saying. I gotta do my research. That's one of the things I love about photography is that I feel like when I take a photograph of someone, they get to see themselves through my eyes, like how I see them. You, you literally took my birthday post. Like <laughs> I, I don't like many photos of myself, but you have taken like three of them already. <laughs> I know. I love taking photos of you because you're so photogenic, especially that, in black and white. I never shoot black and white. <sighs> And I've shot two photos of you in black and white that I am so proud oh of. Oh my God, those are my favorite photos. The one photos. in Azuki with, what is the film? Um, Lomo, Pomo. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just going to call it like... Dental uh, photography film? Yeah, it's like dental photography. It's like Five Below film. <laughs> okay, so David went to Five Below and bought this film. And he's like, oh my God, I found the cheapest film ever. And then I did the math and it's actually more expensive. It's way more expensive. It's, way more it's expensive. like 40% more expensive. <laughs> and it's crazy. So we were like, okay, we're going to shoot it. And I shot an event at Whammy, which is this um, like video store in uh, Echo Park, Silver Lake. I shot an event there for, um, I think, See It on 35 and Trash Mex was doing something that night. And so I shot hmm. a few photos there. And then like I, there's only 10 photos on a roll. Yeah, it's So I had egregious. like three left and I was like, oh, Ryan, David, I'm going to shoot you. And he was like, no, no, get away like, from stop. me. Get away from me. And like literally we have one photo where he's like pushing me away. And it's so, it looks like I'm like the paparazzi after yeah. him. And it's so funny. But I did take a very handsome photo of you. And then on yeah. my little rinky dink half, the frame, half frame, that half frame in front of the Christmas tree. That Christmas tree photo is phenomenal. I have yet to post that. And I, I just need a good reason to, but that is a phenomenal photo. You look you like took. you're in like the galaxy. I know. Oh, I know. surrounded by stars. Surrounded by stars because you are a star. You're oh. born a star. <laughs> but no, like I love it because I feel like when I take that photo of you, you see yourself through my eyes. Like you see yeah. how I feel about you and how I think about you and like what you are to me. 100%. And so uh, obviously a very special person, my cheese may buddy. <laughs> but uh, when you have a client, you have to make them look good. Yeah. Well, I think photography is half taking the image half capturing the energy like you can tell when a person is awkward in a photo oh based, yeah like just if they take a photo and they look stiff it's like oh that photographer was like not like doing their job right they're they're stiff with them like you yeah. gotta have conversation you gotta let loose like i'm always oh music. you're so like, good at it no honestly you're so good at it he <laughs> you guys he shot my aero selects the second thing and i'm a little camera shy i think people know that because i've had photographers ask to shoot me and i'm a little camera shy um and can, i needed it really bad can we yeah can we preface this with <laughs> she tells me hey i need these photos done can you do it but i only have a day like the deadline is tomorrow <laughs> because i literally put it off to the very last minute and i was like begging him i was like please come over and take a photo and mm -hmm. i'm so awkward but he made me feel so comfortable and i actually got pictures i liked oh i'm good so that just makes me happy as I long know. as you like them and like you feel no, no, like no, happy like and comfortable no, in the i love i loved them i loved them because i'm 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 shy I'm shy. I'm, oh. I like to be behind the camera, behind the microphone. That's why I picked photography. Yeah, that's why. I like you... to be behind the camera. <laughs> People are always like, why don't you, you know, I don't have that many photos of you for a good reason. Yeah. I made that decision in my well, head. Well, at least I have many photos that's of true. you. <laughs> I can't stop. Against or with my will, but you have them. Yeah. So now that you are David and you have your creative side, because you mm -hmm. you do still have Ryan. Yeah. And I know you as Ryan. Mm -hmm. And I also do know you as David. Yep. But uh, now that you have David, is it difficult to keep your personal life separate from your work life? Do you feel like a weird <clears throat> divide there still? Or is it kind of seamless? Um, In the beginning, it was tough. Um, Like I said, like introducing myself as David was the biggest hurdle, I think. And then now I have both accounts. Like David is a more popular person than Ryan, arguably. So 
Do you want to keep them separate? Oh, absolutely. So I, it's like you don't want your photography people necessarily to like follow your Ryan account. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. P- part of it, one, um, is like that work-life balance. Like I want my photography Ryan to be like the most eccentric photography creative person that I know. And even though I don't post like it, which I need to kind of start, one of my like resolutions this year was develop David as less of a portfolio account and more just like a personality yeah who is david like who am i when i'm in photography mode um but i love it i mean it's so great i get to go you know to my hometown and people aren't referring to me as david they're not talking to me about photography like i get to talk to my friends and be ryan the guy who they grew up with and when i cross the line that is like the county line the county line into like la you know i'm david and they're it's all business and talk and I get to talk to my photography friends and it's, and they probably see you purely as a creative. Like you said, a lot of them don't even know that you're playing basketball for four times a week. Exactly. They just see you as that. And they kind of probably also guess that maybe you always were this person. Yeah. They, it was weird. I had this moment when I was listening to this voice memo. Um, one of my clients had sent me and I was out loud. I was in my mom's car and the first line is like, David, blah, blah, blah. Like, talking to me and my mom just looks at me and she's like crazy she's like how are you comfortable with them calling you david like i don't get it but um it, it's just one of those things where i like the separation you like the separate because yeah. i think that's as a creative it's one of the most difficult things mm-hmm. uh, i mean you're really smart because you have a work phone and a home phone <laughs> uh i am just on my home phone which is my work phone and it's like work follows me mm-hmm. you know i'm constantly working i can't i don't know escape how you it. do it i can't escape it i'm like so passionate about what i do that it's like all i think about but you wouldn't be able to do it if you weren't passionate that's the thing yeah no i would be so burned out yeah i'd be like dead in the water because like I, Every five minutes, somebody's talking to you about film or the podcast or whatever. No, and I and I love it. I love to write in my like my spare time. I do my own personal projects. Like there is no delineation for me between like work and play. And I'm I'm trying to add that this year. That was like one of my resolutions. Was kind of like add some more hobbies. Like when you and I went to that motivate manifesting manifesting that manifesting class together. I was like I need to because how he differentiated like people that work in their passions Mm -hmm. need an outlet because just because it's your passion you're working in it now doesn't mean that you're going to relax doing it and that's so true wasn't it like a passion turn or play turns into work when there is consequences i think oh yeah that's what it is like you have to to play without consequence that hit me so hard because like people are always like why don't like as a photographer like i'm not sitting here taking photos all the time like on my iphone like how you talked about earlier because like photography is my work it's like have you ever seen that Gordon Ramsay video where he's like getting interviewed and he's like, oh, like, what's your favorite burger? And he's like, a Big Mac. Have you ever seen that video where he's with the the guy making and he's making pad thai with the Thai chef? Did I tell you about this? I think I no. told you I forgot to send you. And he's like, okay, now taste it. And the Thai chef tastes it. And he just looks at him. He's like, what do you want me to say? He's like, well, <laughs> is it good? And he's like, this is not pad thai. It's <laughs> so funny watching. He's like, well, I thought it was fine. He's like, no. That's so sad. Just get flamed like that. Just, like, well, yeah, but Gordon Ramsay flames everyone. So I guess yeah, it's okay to. It's karma. Every now and then he has to get uh, flamed. I mean, we all need, you know, a little humbling sometimes. Yeah, but I think that that really resonated with me too in that manifesting class that you have to play without consequence. Mm-hmm. And so I guess is basketball now how you play without consequence? Yeah. Basketball is my way of con. Like, I would say basketball and then I have a couple passion projects, but one, like a few of them I want to put out there. So they will eventually have consequence. I think part of the outside of the barriers that I have to like putting them out, part of me delaying that is me enjoying like 
circumventing it and running the ideas through my head. Yeah. Do you have other hobbies that you do outside of photography and <clears throat> basketball that like um, allow you to play and allow you to cultivate and fulfill? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm a huge nerd at heart. So like, you know, I'm not like movie buff where like I can like you, you're the biggest movie buff I know. Like your letterbox is insane. <clears throat> um, I wear it with a badge of honor. <laughs> I know. I applaud you. Like, I think mine is usually just like nerdy things. Like I'll play chess with my friends. I'll play drunk chess with my friend Karan, actually. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my favorite things to do. Um, traveling. Well, you're, a his- you're also a history buff. Huge history and geography buff for no good reason. Like, yeah. Nobody ever in my life was a huge history buff. I just randomly decided one day I wanted to learn like about Monaco and that started my geography. Like, really? I don't know. It was like, wait, oh my God. <clears throat> Actually, wait a second. On my date last night, I was talking with him about Monaco and let's, I know it's so random, <laughs> but like, is Monaco a country? Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. yeah. We were trying to figure out if Monaco was a country or not without <laughs> looking it up on the iPhone and we decided it was. So I'm glad that I can ask you yeah. now to see if it was or not. I'm pretty sure it is i know now oh i'm like uh, <laughs> is it just a part of like france no monaco is a country no monaco i know monaco is not in france okay but i'm pretty sure it's a country okay this is so terrible of me whenever i hear monaco i just think of trinidad and tobago <laughs> like trinidad. i know but like monaco tobago and i'm like <laughs> comparing island nations to this micro country in europe i love it oh my god it's funny though because a lot of times people think that creatives are just creative Mm -hmm. and i know that creatives are always like hyper intelligent and maybe to a fault probably maybe sometimes it's like people are too obsessive i can become obsessive about things i'm obsessive to the point like i'm a perfectionist so if i don't like something i will delay putting it out until i feel like it's perfect like i had to really develop that skill where i'm like listen it's 90 percent there like I'm you have okay to let it go. Yeah. They always like say like that uh, art is never finished. It's just mm-hmm. you give up. You give up <laughs> making it perfect because it can't be perfect. That's great. I'm actually going to use that. Yeah. Like literally like they it used to be that in the Louvre, they would have painters come in and try to keep painting. And oh. they'd be like, no, 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 it's not yours anymore. Like this painting is not yours anymore to do. Like get out of oh, here. Oh, that's correct. And they're like, no, but it's not done yet. It's like the art has to be grasped away ripped away from an artist oh my god i never even that's so cool though yeah that's exactly what it's like though how do you feel about editing foot photography i know it's it's a must yeah to edit <clears throat> okay i think i have the same kind of feeling especially towards video too mm-hmm. i love like i love the process of it i'm <clears throat> i took color theory for a number of years in college when i decided that oh i'm gonna pursue photography so I love changing colors and manipulating and, and looking at the theory of things. But I do think that there is like a limit where you can over edit, you know, and especially with like Photoshop effects or like in video, I think, especially in my field, that there's like a fine line where there are the need for really cool, you know, visual effects. And that keeps you kind of on the modern edge of photography, especially in the basketball world and in the kind of culture that, you know, fast paced, um, videography you know turnaround times you want just cool stuff but i do think there's a point where you get too into the editing part and you lose on composition and you lose Mm. uh, different things like that and i think you need to kind of find that balance i'm personally not the guy to be like oh i need to have this seamless transition into this and keyframe everything like i love all natural composition shots especially in video you know photography i'll change colors and stuff but I barely know how to work Photoshop outside of getting rid of pimples. Oh, thank God for that, though. <laughs> no, it's great. But that's just not one of the skills I have. I know it's valuable, and I'm, I'm probably going to learn it this year. But but you focus 
specifically <clears throat> on like the art of taking the photo. Oh yeah. And I love playing around like black and white. I think especially after meeting you, like you taking black and white, I kind of took a hard look at what do I want? Cause I don't take black and white. Like everybody. Yeah. Black and white kind of photos. frightens me. I don't know why it frightens me. I, the reason why I have so much black and white film is because I was going to start developing. Mm. And so you start with black and white oh. and I just never got around to it. Is it like easier to develop or? Yeah. I think it's, it's an easier process to develop. I think it requires less chemicals and like, it's kind of the beginner thing. Oh, okay. And also I think it's cheaper than developing color, obviously. Oh, helpful. But uh, now I have a cat. My cat has that bathroom. So I'm not <laughs> developing where my cat is. My cat. The litter is going to get on no, the No, like literally roll. I will allow myself to get cancer from the chemicals, but my cat is a different story. <laughs> she must be protected at all costs. That's why I have so much black and white and I never shoot it. Oh, but I never knew that. That photo of Justin Bieber that you took, you See, changed that to black and white, didn't you? Yeah. So that, but that was part of my process, like looking at, your photography i was like okay let me look at how black and white is and like i didn't have a black and white style so i was looking at you i was looking at people like concert photographers like greg noir and walter ayuse who's like another famous basketball photographer they're phenomenal mm -hmm. and so i took literally like 45 minutes just to edit that just because i, I was love like, that photo it's one of my favorite photos no i i appreciate that it, it, i like it too but i had to just really delineate and be like what do i want my black and white to look like because as easy as some like to an outsider view it's like oh black and white it's just you know make it black and white and you know that's oh, about it foma pan that's what it's called that's <laughs> what it is um so with black and white for me it's really interesting because i love reading manga and comics and for me with manga i like heavy use of black high contrast mm -hmm. uh i like obviously i mean berserk junji yep. junji ito is known for like that uh, oh, yeah. for his heavy use of black but also charles burns that's like where when i do my black and white Ooh, photography okay. i take from charles burns because like black hole it's so black and white it's there's no shades of gray there's yeah. like no stippling it's so intense and that's what i like in black and white photography you can get super soft black and white Mm -hmm. like and it's so beautiful especially with women oh. i find women are gorgeous in black and white they are it's like upsetting how i mean they're just gorgeous in general but I, black and white <laughs> i know but it's like black and white the way that like it captures skin and sensitivity mm -hmm. and empathy i feel like it just comes through and sometimes in a way that color doesn't but i Absolutely. love color i think black and white really makes you focus more on the person because we can get so focused on the color of this their skin tone different things like that but you naturally desaturate and take the color away things like it really makes you look at composition and just the actual true the beauty of the person i so my uh one of my closest friends cron he's he's now a model at ford he's um, oh he's that really handsome he's guy. the really handsome oh, guy that you talk about if he's listening you're really handsome <laughs> just so you know <laughs> um he was so he was like what got me into portraits that's what made me want to shoot people is like he you know comes back you know in, into america he lived in thailand for a little bit and he's you know he's having this kind of budding modeling career and, and he was my test subject so i had a really great test subject a really handsome uh, test subject at that so it made not, not just easy. handsome though he's also dynamic mm -hmm. and he also has a great personality and it shines through in your photographs oh well, the team chemistry we have is great i mean we're cracking jokes we're doing stupid stuff all throughout the shoot but it, it shows and for the black and white and everything like some of my favorite photos of him are black and white because it takes away from everything else, but I get to see like what his energy is. His personality and shines it, through. It it makes everybody's personality and energy shine through so much more. Do you prefer shooting on digital or film? Or is it just like different strokes for like different mm. activities? I think I'm so used to shooting digital, especially for sports. Like film is 
film you can't really shoot sports in just because I need Why? 10 frames a second. I need okay. to be able to... Because action photography. Yeah, if... You know, I mean, at some points, there's moments where I'll be taking, you know, 50, 60 shots in a row on a... Oh, know. that'll just burn. Oh, it'll... That's not, that's two rolls. I can't, you know, in the middle, put in a new roll and, and get to going. I'm missing the dunk or I'm missing the shot. Yeah. Um. So I'm so used to digital and I love playing around with digital, but I don't think there's an... I don't think there's like will ever be a better image than film. Like hands down. Well, I agree because there's film has a depth, but as you're right, like there is a need for digital i mean you can't reload your film mm -hmm. during that so i would love to wouldn't it be mm -hmm. great if all of a sudden a camera had like an auto reloader for the film like somehow? oh no i just i just wish like kodak made like this barrel drum and it was like a 400 <laughs> shot like kodak. like a big like a machine gun <laughs> like a tommy gun <laughs> like for a tommy photos <laughs> if they made that i would spend an inordinate amount of money on that <laughs> Because also getting your negatives back, it's really a special experience. It's exciting. My God, like, I remember I showed negatives to the people at the boba shop came there and they're like, what are those? I was like, oh, these are negatives. Because I took all those photos of them. Oh, and they never seen negatives They had never seen them before. Oh, they must have thought you were God. No, they did. I was like, <laughs> hello, my children. <laughs> they're like, oh my God, this is me. And you're like, yeah, shine a light through it. Like, this is cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's like stained glass. It's it like is. going to a church and looking through. Oh, yeah. And I... I think that's so cool. I keep all of them. Like, I, I don't know if I keep them as they should. I don't know if you're supposed to put them in, like, this airtight container. I just have them in my room. No, I think if they're just, like, in the cold, dark, it's fine. Oh. Wow. Oh, that was fast. That was fast. Well, it's because <laughs> we're so used to, like, having our little cheat day sessions. <laughs> the last couple hours. I know, right? And that's all the time that we have for today. But, David, is there any final thought that you'd like to leave the audience with? Ooh, um... I think if any final thoughts, I mean, I love having this conversation with you, um, having these kinds of things, especially with like good friends like you really kind of opened my eyes to becoming a more true creative and, and diving myself into that realm. So I'm just, I mean, this is only my fourth year into it. I'm like super excited and all the people, like, especially when you talk about people, Steven, I met Steven, yeah, Toasty, Toast, Toasty Cakes. We had so um, much fun going around that night. That was crazy fun. I'm just, I'm like the behind the scenes shooter. Like, oh, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> um, but seeing people like that, like everyone's super nice. And, and it gives me a lot of people to look up to. And it gives me a lot of like hope, like for, you know, maybe four more years down the line, 10 years down the line. Like this is going to be something like amazing. I just, I'm excited for it. You so. know, what's weird is that one day you're going to be the person that's like mentoring these other people that's giving hope to these young people because you have it in you i know it i see it in your photography and i'm so excited to watch you grow I'm a workaholic <laughs> i know and you are a workaholic just like me so i know that you have it in I, you uh, yeah that's a weird thought because no, like, like one day you are gonna be it. like so just enjoy it i think that's the hope like like part of me and when you talked about my dad like teaching me basketball and, and giving me that competitive edge. Like I kind of feel that in photography where I'm like, Ooh, I don't want to, I don't like to say it, but like, I want to be better than everyone else. Like I look at my peers and I'm like, Oh, they're, you know, they're phenomenal photographers, and but they're usually all my elder. They're, you know, 27, 30, you know, 35. And I want to be where they're at like next year. You know, they give me that light to be like, okay, I see the standard. I want to surpass that. And like the most respectful way possible. Like I always want to give credit all my well, you want to climb friends. the mountain. Yeah, I want to I want to be at the peak of Mount Everest. So when I talk to people like, you're a phenomenal photographer. You got me way more into film than I would have been not meeting you. You know, my really close photographer friends, Jody, Nico, David Ragoso, John, like all of them are phenomenal photographers. 
And they've done things that I could only imagine work for Nike. And I mean, one of them's in Paris right now, just at the NBA game. Like that's the stuff I want to be just earlier on. And I, they're the setting the bar for me. So I just hope that like I can be that, you know, obviously I want to do it as fast as I can, but I want to be there and talking about it and doing that and paying my respects. So when I talk to the people in whatever scenario that you bring up, right. If I'm, you know, some kids like, Hey, mentor me, I'm telling them about, you know, them, how, like, I don't know if this makes sense. Cause it's a basketball thing, but how, you know, Michael Jordan used to talk about Dr. J or LeBron is like, Oh, Michael Jordan was mine or Kobe was my inspiration. Like that's how I want to talk and revere about my peers while being known as one of the greats. Thanks David for coming on the show today. If you'd like to keep up with David and his photography, you can check him out on Instagram at D period A-V-Y-D-S. I'm Gala Avery, and this has been The Gala Show. The Gala Show is brought to you by Insertomatic. This episode was executive produced by Roger Avery and produced by Gala Avery. Music composed by Andy Milburn. As always, I'm your host, Gala Avery. Copyright 2023, all rights reserved. Despite me sharing the same last name with this charity, I don't have any affiliation with it, besides the fact that the issue is very near and dear to my heart. Did you know that in the United States, 2.7 million children currently have a parent in prison, and it's estimated that 10 million children have experienced parental incarceration at some point in their lives. I was one of these kids, and as an adult, I am really grateful to be able to give back to Project Avery. Their mission is to build leadership from within by supporting community through programs such as mentoring and outdoor education, and also to remove the stigma surrounding having a parent that's incarcerated. You don't have to feel alone. If you know a kid who could use these resources or would like to donate money or time to the charity, please go to Project Avery, that's A-V-A-R-Y dot org, to check out what this amazing charity is all about. Again, that's Project Avery dot org. Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart.